Hey, here we are on the Teal Shirt Report podcast, episode show number 56, season number three. Want to remember Jeff Logman, war number 56 with the Jacksonville Jaguars in the uh, mid to late 90s. Number 56, he's the one guy I think of that wears number 56, and he wore it for the Jacksonville Jaguars. We'll talk more about Jeff Logman a little bit later on in the podcast. This is the Teal Shirt Report podcast, episode show number 56, season number three. It was a disappointing loss, to say the least. The Jaguars even had a 10-minute drive for 18 plays in the fourth quarter, and the Colts still managed to come back and, and win the game. It was defense. That's where the problem was. Trayvon Walker, did he do anything? Didn't do much. It was a penalty. He got called for, I, I believe, uh, a late hit, illegal roughness. That was it. I mean, uh, I don't believe the Jaguars got any sacks either. But Matt Ryan is back there throwing the ball 36, 37, 38 times in the first half. He threw the ball, short dinking passes mainly, and the Jaguars got beat 34 to 27 was the final score. Trevor Lawrence ran in a couple of, you know, close-in touchdowns from inside the five-yard line each time. And, um, you know, Christian Kirk caught a touchdown pass. He caught the ball in the end zone, and that was great. Jaguars lose this game 34-27. to uh, We are brought to you by... Uh, many fine sponsors, including Saucer Realty and Capital for your real estate needs in North Florida. See Larry Saucer. Go to the link on our website at bigjreport.com, and you will find you'll find a link uh, for Saucer Realty for your real estate needs, whether it's home, residential, business, or commercial real estate. It's Saucer Realty and Capital. Also, LakeUfallahits.com, great internet radio. Hey, where it's all good. They uh, have classic rock on Saturdays, rock Saturdays on Saturdays. Also at night, um, you know, hits 2000s, Monday through Friday nights, rock Saturdays. And also unique, unique tracks, deep cuts, and... Well, let's see. They got deep tracks, album cuts, unique songs late at night. LakeUfallahits.com. Great internet radio where it's all good. Now, we're going to get to the stats of this game here in a few minutes. I don't really have to even look at the stats to tell you how I feel about the game. The Jaguars defense could not stop Matt Ryan and the Colts. It was short passes. The The number that's going to be astounding is when we take a look at the stats. How many passes did Matt Ryan throw? You know, I'm going to guess right now, probably 60 or 70 passes. It was astounding. The uh, Colts win the game with their offense. I think it was more like the Jaguars lost the game with their defense. The Indianapolis Colts 34, the Jacksonville Jaguars 27. And we'll talk more about it coming up on the Teal Shirt Report podcast. You 
you're tuned into the Teal Shirt Report podcast, episode show number 56. I have pulled the stats up. The uh, passing attempts by quarterback Matt Ryan for the Indianapolis Colts was astounding. Not quite 60, but he threw 58 passes. Uh, I think he threw 37, 38 passes in the first half. But uh, we will... We'll take a look, you know, at the stats that we've uh, got on the Colts-Jaguars game. Um, I believe there was actually a conscious effort by the Jaguars to run the football. Uh, Trevor put the ball in the air uh, less times, which I think was good. You take a look at running the football, and the Jags seem to go for more of a balance on offense. They scored 27 points. And in my mind, 27 points is enough points to win the game. Jaguars defense did not have a good day. Um, they really didn't. You know, in judging from some of the passes over the top, um, you know, I saw one of the, the safeties get run over for a touchdown. Man, one of the Colts guys got the ball and just kind of ran over. Safety, Andre Cisco, number five. I was asking people when I was watching the game, who was number five? They said it was Cisco. He kind of got ran over, you know, the last couple of yards of that play into the end zone. So we'll take a look at the stats. Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence had a good game. I mean, when you go 20 of 22, I think there was a stretch in there where he completed as many as 11 or 12 passes in a row. And he's been known to do that against the Colts. I remember this year he had a stretch of completing eight in a row. At the end of last season, the last regular season game, he completed eight in a row to start the game. He did have a stretch of completing about 11, I believe 12 passes in a row in this game. And he didn't miss much. Trevor Lawrence started to show you, for the most part, in this game on Sunday, October the 16th, that yes, he's going to become a top five quarterback in this league. I see that by next year. I really do. I think 2023 is going to be the year, especially if you can add, a, uh, take off the top wide receiver from a first round pick for next year, a little bit more offensive line help. And Trevor is going to be fine. Everybody wanted the running backs to run the ball and they did. Travis Etienne, I think he got a blame on a play, but I believe he's okay. Seemed like he was bothered a little bit on a, on a play, maybe uh, tweak something. Uh, we'll see if anything becomes of that. But Trevor, I mean, Travis Etienne rushed the ball again 10 times, 86 yards. And, you know, when you got James Robinson, the other running back, between the two of them, they need 20 carries or more between the two of them, right? And I think most people would be happy. They both had pretty good get pretty good days, actually. And then you then you throw in Jamichael Hasty, who only carried the ball three times, but one of those was a 61-yard touchdown run by the third string running back, Jamichael Hasty, who was first, who was first team, who's second team. I, you know, I think uh, Travis. Etienne and James Robinson are kind of 1A and 1B. They're both first um, first string running backs. Jermichael Hastie's probably the third guy. And uh, Jamal Agnew gets an occasional handoff. I think he got banged up in the game. 
came out for a time. I, you know, his helmet was off. I don't think he played again once he came out. He did have one carry for 19 yards. Christian Kirk had a carry, you know, kind of got a handoff from from Trevor, you know, behind the line of scrimmage, ran one carry for four yards. Um, but Travis Etienne had the big game, 10 carries, 86 yards. Uh, looked like his long one was, is that right, 48 yards? Uh, Jamichael Hasty had three carries, 57 yards, including a touchdown. Trevor Lawrence had two short TD runs for touchdowns. So Jamichael, Jamichael Hasty got a touchdown. Trevor Lawrence got two touchdowns. Uh, Christian Kirk caught a touchdown pass late in the game. He had four receptions for 24 yards. So some of his production starting to come back, but not like in the first three games when he caught six passes in each of the first three games. So again, uh, you got to say that uh, Luke Farrell even caught a pass for 11 yards. Uh, how about Tim Jones? Man, his first catch, one catch in the game, but it went for 20 yards. Um, he's the guy that was on the Jags practice squad last year, made the team this year, and actually beat out a couple of pretty decent players um, in the preseason and training camp. Christian Kirk had a fumble, had one fumble, lost it. Uh, Travis Etienne fumbled the ball, but apparently didn't lose it. So the Jags had two fumbles, lost one of them. They lost the Christian Kirk fumble. Uh, defense, we're going to talk about the defense, but let's, uh, review the offense, uh, shall we? Touchdowns, Jamichael Hardy got the one long touchdown run for 61 yards. Uh, quarterback Trevor Lawrence had two short touchdown runs, uh, in the red zone. You know, I think both were, you know, five yards or closer. Um, one was a one yard run. Actually, I think the other one might've been for four or five yards. We will take a look again. Christian Kirk got a touchdown. Jamichael, um, um, of course, Jamichael, the third string running back. Jamichael Hasty. Jamichael Hasty got a touchdown. Trevor Lawrence got two touchdowns, and Christian Kirk got the other touchdown. 27 points. That is enough points to win a football game, right? However, on the other side, You've got veteran Matt Ryan just chunking the ball all day long. Short passes, uh, medium passes. Um, Indianapolis's two top running backs were out, so they didn't have much of a running game. They got a decent offensive line, though. But the Jags are supposed to have a, a bevy or myriad of pass rushers. And Matt Ryan did not get sacked one time. No sacks. Absolutely no sacks. So a few plays, I you know, I had a chance to isolate him. When you watch the game, you know, you watch the game on TV, basically you're getting what the camera is giving you. Um, I did see a couple of times where, and let's pull up the defense. Uh, Forsaid Alicun, man, he's a tackling machine. 12 total tackles. Six of those were solo tackles. Shaquille Griffin had nine. Total tackles, seven solo tackles. A lot of people didn't like the way he was defending uh, passes, though, because there were some complaints. Andre Sisco got run over on a touchdown play by the by the Colts, but he still had nine tackles, six solo tackles. Um, you, you take on a bigger guy sometimes, and sometimes you get run over, right? 
Uh, Rashawn Jenkins, eight total tackles, seven solo tackles. Tyson Campbell, seven um, total tackles, seven were solo tackles. So I don't really have a problem with Tyson Campbell. I mean, he's making the tackles. Uh, even reviewing the stats, I got to give Cisco a little bit more credit than I did earlier or, or during the game yesterday. Trayvon Walker, this is the guy that is going to catch a lot of criticism. Now, I do see Devon Hamilton. His tackles went up to six uh, this week, six total tackles, uh, two solo tackles. He's basically the nose guard. And I'm not sure the nose tackle, I guess the nose tackle is going to make as many tackles as, say, the ends or the the actual defensive tackles. He kind of sticks his nose in there and uh, tries to penetrate to keep the line of scrimmage um, a little bit more in front of the other tacklers, I'm assuming. Uh, Trayvon Walker, though, is a guy everybody's going to look at. They're going to look at this guy. He had a quarterback hit, went for a penalty, roughing penalty, and that hurt, the, that hurt the team this week. That hurt the team last week. Trayvon Walker, only four total tackles in this game. Got to get more out of this guy. Number one draft pick had one solo tackle. I'm watching him on a couple of plays. Now, I didn't watch every play he was on, but a couple of plays. Man, he was getting blocked. Trayvon Walker was getting blocked. Matt Ryan, absolutely no sacks. And the law of averages says you throw it 58 times, you should get sacked. <laughs> Am I right or wrong? Um, I mean, it's just an amazing figure. He threw the ball. He actually made more passes in the first half, I think I think Matt Ryan had 36, 37, 38 passes in the first half. He he finished with 58 total passes, 42 out of 58, 389 yards. The majority of those passes were close passes, short passes, the dink and dunk, Tom Brady type passes for the most part when Tom Brady was in New England. Listen to these numbers. These are good numbers. Matt Ryan, three touchdown passes, no interceptions. He had nearly a perfect day as quarterback. QBR was um, 82.0, his rating 107.6. They break it down in, in a couple of different ways with quarterbacks now. Um, overall, Trevor Lawrence had a 113.1, QBR of 63.4. So the QBR was better by Matt Ryan. But Trevor Lawrence had a good day. He was 20 of 22, one touchdown, no interceptions. Matt Ryan had a better day from the standpoint of doing more with what, you know, he, he had 58 passes, 42 completions, three touchdowns, no interceptions, and absolutely no quarterback sacks. Um, the Colts did get to Trevor Lawrence four times, and I believe all four of those sacks were actually in the first half. Now, the reason why Matt Ryan did not throw it quite as much in the second half because I'm guessing earlier in the podcast is, man, he must have thrown it 60 or 70 times. No, he didn't. He threw it 58. And there's a reason for that. The Jaguars in the fourth quarter had a 10-minute, 18-play drive early in the fourth quarter. And I think the Jaguars, when they, when they scored their touchdown, got up by one point. Sadly, they missed a two-point conversion. But the Jaguars had a one-point lead with, you know, a couple of minutes left to go in the game. I think maybe two and a half minutes to go. So the Colts still had plenty of time to take it down the field. They were only trailing by one. Could have kicked a field goal to win the game. They ended up getting a, a nice uh, long touchdown pass 
They avoided having to attempt a long field goal, and the Colts win the game 34-27. So, taking a look at some of the stuff going on, the roughing penalties, you know, these are the penalties that kill you. They take you from third down back to a automatic first down, keep a drive going. Trayvon Walker, I'm sure there's going to be other members of that defense that have a serious heart-to-heart talk with Trayvon Walker this week after getting a couple of roughing the passer penalties, not only this past Sunday, but the Sunday before. Jaguars now in a three-game tailspin, three-game losing streak after starting starting the year out, what, 2-1. and one. Now they're 2-4. and four. Still a long season. Got 11 games left to go. Let's hope it gets better and not the status quo or even worse. The Colts' top two receivers, I'm sorry, the Colts' top two running backs were not in this game. So I guess the Colts felt like, man, we need to throw it. Um, Deion Jackson, who got hurt in this game, he had 12 carries for 42 yards, 3.5 yard per carry average for the Colts, one touchdown. He was really the main guy that carried the ball, 12 carries, 42 yards, and he kind of got hurt in this game. I believe had to come out. Phillip Lindsay came in, three carries, only seven yards. Matt Ryan carried the ball once per negative four. So, you know, the Colts don't want Matt Ryan running the football. They just want him to throw it out in front of him and complete those short passes, and he did it all day long. Um, you know, the coach, Frank Reitman, had a good game plan against the Jaguars. But what else could he do? His top two running backs were out. He had to throw it and had to hope that quarterback Matt Ryan did not make the mistakes. Uh, I think the Jags came close to intercepting him on a couple of tip balls, but it didn't happen. When your defense cannot stop the opposing offense, you got to get an apple turnover or two. It did not happen. The Jaguars did not sack Matt Ryan. Could have wore a tuxedo for this game. He's not gonna. He didn't get it. He didn't get his uniform too dirty. And I did. I did watch Trayvon Walker. Man, he was getting blocked. He was getting blocked, and that was uh, from his defensive end position. And uh, they may have moved him around a little bit. I didn't see where the all the movements of where they moved uh, Trayvon Walker. Um. You know, I'm watching Walker. It looked like he was uh, lined up. You know, it looks like he was lined up. Was he lined up on the left side? You have to kind of think about the field going left to right. But uh, it looked to me like, you know, I'm sure they moved him from one side to the other from time to time to try to get some pressure on Matt Ryan. It never worked out. And it looked like the Colts were doing a good job at blocking Trayvon Walker. He, he wasn't getting to the quarterback. He did. He got, well, he got to the quarterback one time for the roughing penalty. And that was it. He had a hit on the quarterback. Um, he's a rookie numero uno, the number one draft pick overall. He's going to catch the pressure. He did have one quarterback hit. Sadly, it went for a penalty. Um, again, just to be fair to Trayvon Walker, four tackles in the game. Uh, one of the tackles, a solo tackle, that's just not enough for a number one pick overall. No sacks on the quarterback. He's got to do a better job. He's got to be patient and and not get 
too overzealous and and uh, and and get a roughing penalty where he's roughing the quarterback. I know the officiating in the NFL is scary, terrible. Those officials yesterday, man, they were scary. No telling what they would call. Um, but Trayvon Walker's had a couple of these roughing or in excessive roughness, roughing penalties the last two weeks on the quarterback. And I believe he had an offside penalty last week too. So the last two weeks have not been good games for Trayvon Walker. Yesterday, I want to say he was being blocked. Trayvon Walker was being blocked yesterday. There's no doubt about it. So he's got to improve his game. He's got to keep working on it. And some of his teammates are probably going to go to him and say, hey, man, we can't have those roughing penalties. That might be the difference in winning and losing a football game. And I think in this particular case, it was. Jaguars lose it. The Colts, the Indianapolis Colts, 34. The Jacksonville Jaguars, 27. More of the Teal Shirt Report podcast coming up. Hey, good to have you uh, tuned in. We're going to tell you a moment about going to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Hey, Tony Baselli's there now. He was just uh, enshrined in the Pro Football Hall of Fame uh, this year in 2022. How would you like to go to the Hall of Foot, the Hall of Fame, the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and visit Tony Baselli's bust? and see all the greats um, that have made it to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. The Jaguars have their first their first Hall of Fame member in uh, left tackle, longtime uh, left tackle Tony Baselli, who was drafted the first overall draft pick the Jaguars ever made in the NFL draft in 1995. Um, Tony, by some standards, had a, had a short career, but a great career, particularly in the mid to, um, you know, late 1990s and early 2000s. Going to give you an opportunity to go to the Hall of Fame. The Jaguars got other players that may get in a year or two down the road. Fred Taylor, after that, perhaps Jimmy Smith. Elegant time travel wants to take you really back in time to a, a great period of time in pro football. Elegant Time Travel and Dark Diamond Entertainment presents Going to the Hall, the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio, on June the 8th through June the 12th of next year, 2023. Now's the time to make your plans up. Hey, sports fans. Hey, sports fans. Come along with us to a sacred area for sports fans, the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio. Uh, Book your trip by contacting D.D. McDermott by phone. You can call him at 904-442-3810. That is 904-442-3810. If you have any questions about the Hall of Fame trip uh, next year in 2023 in June of 2023, it's going to run June the 8th through June the 12th. I believe that's four days and uh, approximately three nights. They're going to have free breakfast. And, man, a lot of opportunities to look around Canton, Ohio, and the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So, remember, come along with us to a sacred area for sports fans, the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio. That's right. That's in Canton, Ohio. Book your trip by contacting D.D. McDermott. Give him a phone Give him a, a phone call. If you have a question, call, contact D.D. McDermott by phone. At 904-442-3810. That's 904-442-3810.
If you have questions about the trip or you'd like to book your trip, please contact D.D. McDermott. Call him by telephone at 904-442-3810 on your cell phone, 904-442-3810, or email D.D. McDermott at donmcdermott32218 at yahoo.com. Look forward to seeing you at the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And that's right, Elegant Time Travel and Dark Diamond Entertainment presenting Going to the Hall of Fame. Elegant Time Travel and Dark Diamond Entertainment, uh, one of our sponsors here of the BigJReport.com website. BigJReport.com. Go to our, our homepage around where we have the high school football scores on the homepage, and you'll, you'll find the ad, of course, for Elegant Time Travel. Again, that's Elegant Time Travel. Wanted to tell you about D.D. McDermott and Elegant Time Travel and Dark Diamond Entertainment presenting Going to the Hall of Fame, the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio, next year, June the 8th through June the 12th of 2023. If you'd like to book your trip or if you need more information, please contact D.D. McDermott by telephone at 904-442-3810. That is 904-442-3810. 3810. Again, that is elegant time travel going to the Hall of Fame in June of 2023. Hope you can be there too. You know, it's uh, it's easy to blame uh, defensive end Trayvon Walker, number one draft pick overall in 2022, but there's 10 other guys playing on defense. You have to keep that in mind. However, to me, there should have been more of a pass rush uh, than we had. Jaguars lose to the Colts. Colts 34, Jaguars 27. I did want to go back and... Uh, look at the stats again for a moment. Trevor Lawrence completed 20 passes, but he only threw 22. Everybody wanted the Jaguars to run the ball more, and they have been. The Jags uh, put up 243 yards rushing. I know a lot of it was by, you know, a couple of big plays. Jamichael Hasty had 61 yards on one play uh, for a touchdown. Let's see, Travis Etienne at 86 yards rushing. One was a long 48-yard run. Um, James Robinson really didn't break a long one except for a 14-yard run. 12 carries, 54 yards. Not bad for Robinson. And the way the Jaguars' rushing attack is you're splitting carries. James Robinson gets 12 carries. Travis Etienne, 10 carries. Um, Jermichael Hardy came in for three carries. Um, Travis Etienne seemed to get up on one play might have been a little lame let's hope he's okay i haven't heard i have not heard of any you know real you know real injury uh now for you know for for travis etm we'll keep an eye on things i did want to take a look at the receiving um yardage and catching um zay jones um Appears to be kind of back now. He made a good block in yesterday's game, but he also uh, made five catches for 42 yards. 
His long catch was 18 yards. Evan Ingram got whistled for kind of an illegal procedure penalty, which kind of hurt at the time, but he still had five catches uh, for 40 yards. Christian Kirk, his production's up a little bit for receptions, 24 yards. They're paying that guy a lot of money. But let's give Kirk credit. He did catch a touchdown pass. Travis Etienne, two catches out of the backfield for 22 yards. Tim Jones uh, kind of made himself known. One catch for 20 yards. His only catch of the game, but it went for 20 yards. Nice play. Uh, on that catch, he got down close to the end zone as well. Luke Farrell, one catch from his tight end position for 11 yards. Uh, Jamal Ag- Agnew, Jamal Agnew, basically the kick returner, one catch. Five yards. They have him playing a little bit of offense. I think he got banged up on that, uh, you know, on a play yesterday. So Robinson caught one pass for one yard. So that's kind of the receiving uh, for the Jaguars. We went over some of the tackling. Roy Robertson Harris uh, in the game. He's more Roy Robertson Harris is more of a, a run stuffer. Two tackles, two total tackles, no solos. We mentioned uh, Trayvon Walker. He had uh, uh, four total tackles and one solo tackle. Does he make the defense better? But he's not getting to the quarterback. No sacks. Matt Ryan threw it 58 times, and I understand there were short passes. He didn't spend a lot of time in the pocket. He was getting rid of the football. He was trying to feed the wide receivers on short, close passes. But still, you got to make it uncomfortable for him. He did get a quarterback hit from from Trayvon Walker that went for sadly a penalty that you know turned turned that play into a first down and may have essentially been one of the the factors in the Colts winning that game. But the defense just could not consistently stop the Colts. When the defense cannot stop the other offense, you got to get a couple of turnovers, and all of that just did not. Uh, manifest itself. I think the big stat of the game was a couple of things. 42 of 58 yards passing for Matt Matt Ryan. Three touchdowns, no interceptions, and no quarterback sacks. That may have been been the story of the game. The Colts win it. The Indianapolis Colts 34. The Jacksonville Jaguars 27 on the road up in Indianapolis. Um, The score at halftime the Jaguars were actually winning 14 to 13 at halftime. The Jaguars actually had a 21 to 13 lead in this game um, in the third quarter. Jags got behind again. They caught back up at a 27 to 26 lead with like two and a half, three minutes to go. And on that last drive, the Jaguars defense just simply could not stop the Indianapolis Colts. So that's kind of, that's kind of the, the high and the low points, you know, of the game uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars as they, again, they they do fall short. I want to talk about Mad Max, our Georgia Bulldog football insider. You know, we talk uh, to Max about Tyson Campbell, a player that, you know, a player that made a lot of tackles in, in yesterday's game. Didn't get an interception yesterday, but he's made interceptions earlier in the year. Tyson Campbell playing pretty well. Trayvon Walker, you know, going through some rookie things, but has looked good earlier in the season. 
So we'll see as the season develops how these Georgia Bulldog players do. I think Tyson Campbell's making tackles, seems to be improving. Seemed to be improving late last year going into now his second year. And again, Trayvon, Trayvon Walker, number one overall pick for the Jaguars. But again, he, he, he is a rookie. Don't forget Mad Max, our Georgia Bulldog, um, our Georgia Bulldog um, football insider. Georgia defeated Vanderbilt 55 to nothing. Georgia seems like the only team in college football playing any defense. And we're going we're gonna to talk about college football here in a moment. But I did want to tell you, Mad Max also does a music, an internet radio music request show on Wednesday nights, 6 to 8 Central Time, 7 to 9 Eastern Time at madmaxmix.weebly.com. You can find the links for Mad Max's Wednesday night musical quest show. Uh, you will find the links on our bigjreport.com website in the Neighbors 2 section. Easy to click on links for the Mad Max Mix. Wednesday night internet radio musical quest show. 6 o'clock until 8 o'clock Central Time, 7 to 9 o'clock Eastern Time. That's 6 to 8 Central Time, 7 to 9 Eastern Time, the Mad Max Mix. Weebly.com. You'll find the easy to click on links on our website at bigjreport.com in the neighbors two section and also in the outside the box section. Mad Max plays a lot of classic rock requests, pop music requests from days gone by, and he has a story for almost every song with the Mad Max mix on Wednesday night, the internet radio, Wednesday night music request show at Mad Max Mix. We're going to take a look at uh, some college football, some high school football. I did mention the uh, Georgia Bulldogs probably playing the only defense in college football right now. Let's take a look at a few of the college football scores. Georgia beat Vanderbilt. Georgia 55, Vanderbilt nothing. Tennessee beat Alabama on a wobbly field goal at the end of the game. Tennessee, though, 52 points. Alabama 49, and let's face it, Josh Heupel, the coach Tennessee hired from Central Florida less than two years ago. He's been on the job a little bit under two years, and, man, he has really kind of turned the fortunes around for Tennessee. They've beaten Florida. They've beaten Alabama. Uh, They do got Georgia coming up, and that's going to decide the SEC Eastern Division title. Georgia's playing about the only defense in the league right now. In fact, I'm going to go out on a limb and say Georgia's about playing the only defense in college football. Some of the games from Saturday night, October the 15th, Georgia beat Vanderbilt. Georgia 55, Vanderbilt nothing. Tennessee with a wobbly field goal won the game at the end. Tennessee 52, Alabama 49 a final. But if you're going to allow a team to score that many points, you're not you're not going to win every game. You let them hang around, hang around. Alabama's not going to win every game when they get in games like that. And Tennessee bit them. Tennessee 52, Alabama 49. I think um, somebody up in Tennessee ran off with the goalpost. They moved the goalpost. Man, they haven't had they haven't had a, a win that big in probably 15 years or more. And maybe Tennessee football has returned, even for a brief moment here in 2022. Tennessee's undefeated. SEC power rankings, 
I mean, right now you got Georgia one, probably Tennessee two, Ole Miss three, Ole Miss beat Auburn on Saturday. And you got Alabama probably fourth right now. Somebody in our group last week said he had Alabama fourth and he was sober. Well, that was an astute comment. He was right about a week early. And, uh, heck, I believe that was, was that TJ from our uh, BigJReport.com Facebook group? I believe it was uh, it was TJ or the other guy, Greg. But he was right. He really was. Um, Alabama's down to fourth now in the power rankings. We will we will do a complete power rankings here in the next couple of days. I've been kind of behind on that, but we're going to catch up on our SEC power rankings. But it's pretty easy to do the top four right now. Georgia one, Tennessee two, Ole Miss three, and Alabama fours. Top four SEC teams among the 14 SEC teams in the East and the West combined. So Georgia's the best team in the SEC right now. They're really playing the only defense in college football. Georgia 55, Vanderbilt nothing. Um, Tennessee 52, Alabama 49, a final. I understand Georgia will have to play Tennessee. But did Tennessee play their best game of the year against Bama? And Tennessee beat Florida also by what, about was it six points over the Gators? Uh, Tennessee's won some big games. They've beaten Florida. They've beaten Alabama. They got a big one against Georgia coming up. Um, Florida Gators are open this week, but they lost to LSU. LSU 45, Florida 35. Florida playing virtually no defense in this game. The quarterback, uh, AR-15, Anthony Richardson, yeah, he, he can he can run. He can, he, I mean, he can break one. He, I think he had an 81-yard touchdown run in this game. And, yeah, he can break a long run occasionally. But, man, he's not, he's not completing enough passes is what it's looking like to me and a few others. Um, but even more difficult is the Gator defense has given up too many points. Gator defense is looking like they're struggling like last year. Coach Napier's not going anywhere. He's just got to get more good recruits and defensive players in there. The um, the Gators' defense has been Trail Miller, the linebacker, and then they've got a couple of good uh, defensive backs too, but they've got to add to what they've got at Florida. LSU won that game as, um, hey, LSU's starting to come on a little bit in the Western Division. Still the top two teams are going to be Ole Miss and Alabama at this juncture. Let's give you some more scores. Again, we'll go back. Georgia, uh, 55, Vanderbilt, nothing. Tennessee, 52, Alabama, 49, a final. Ole Miss, 48, Auburn, 34. You got to think Coach Harson's on the way out at Auburn at any moment. Now, I thought he got fired a couple of weeks ago, but he's still coaching the team. LSU, 45, Florida, 35. Let's see, Florida State, 28. You know, they gave Clemson a good run. Clemson, the game was close early, then Clemson pulled away, and then Florida State tried to make a little run at the end and close the gap. Clemson won the game. Clemson 34, Florida State 28. Um, Florida State battled but fell short at the end. And one of the better games was probably the USC-Utah uh, game. USC led this game most of the way, and I know they led 42 to 35, I think, when I fell asleep. Utah, late on the West Coast, somehow came back and won the game. Utah, 43, and USC, 42, a final. Utah came from behind to win this game on Saturday night, October the 15th of 2022. Quite frankly, 
the Gators beat Utah, but the Pac-12 was not that strong. Looks like you got you got three kind of good to decent teams in in uh, Utah, USC, and I believe UCLA is um, still undefeated as well. As far as Ar- Auburn goes, Auburn and their coach Harson. Um, last I checked, uh, Harson is still the coach. Um, let's see, Auburn versus Arkansas. That's going to be a Jordan Hare on October the 29th. Uh, kickoff will be announced soon for that game. And, um, the Auburn coach Harson, I believe he's still the Auburn coach for now. Maybe he's going to finish out the season. Um, Okay, and I'm going to read this from Sports Illustrated. Auburn Auburn uh, football's Brian Harson survives after loss to Ole Miss Rebels. So um, it looks like Auburn reportedly less less urgent about Brian Harson's future for whatever reason. Maybe they're just going to wait till the end of the season to pull the plug on him at this juncture. And this gives Harson a chance to, you know, maybe come up with something, maybe win some games. If he can beat Bama, my goodness, things could change. But he lost to Ole Miss. Ole Miss has got a pretty good football team, too. Ole Miss 48, Auburn 34. A lot of points in that game. Auburn not playing much defense. Same thing could be said for Ole Miss. Ole Miss won the game 48 to 34. So that is some of the college football from Saturday. October the 15th, looks like uh, Harson is still the coach at Auburn for now. Man, I could have sworn he got fired a couple of weeks ago. We got a high school football coming up. Alex Nunry has got some reports um, from the high school football ranks as well. We'll be back. More of the Teal Shirt Report podcast is coming up. I did want to talk about number 56. And you know I'm talking about Jeff Logman. Man, he is like a jewel in the uh, – Jacksonville community. He's been here for a number of years. A lot of the players stay when after they retire. And um, Logaman, you know, nice guy. I've talked to him before myself. Uh, uh, I believe I'm friends with his, his wife on uh, Facebook. Uh, Jeff Logaman was born in 1967. So he, he's not really that much older than me. I think he's about, you know, about th- about four or five years older than me. And, of course, you got to remember, he played back in the 90s. Um, Jeff Logman is a former American football player and a current sports commentator. He played college football at the University of Virginia and was signed as a defensive end by the New York Jets of the National Football League. Uh, he was drafted in the first round of the 1989 NFL draft. He's been around a while. In 1994, he was signed by the Jacksonville Jaguars as a free agent. He retired after an injury in 1998, and it was a terrible injury he had. I think it was actually a biceps injury that kind of ended his career. That was a that was a tough break for the Jaguars that year. The Jaguars did have a lot of injuries that year, uh, in that particular year back in the late 90s. Um, Lagerman was a part of, um, you know, some playoff teams for the Jaguars you know, in 1996, when the Jaguars got into the playoffs as a wild card, uh, went to the um, AFC championship game. 
and he was really a part of some great teams in the in the mid to late nineties with the Jacksonville Jaguars. In my opinion, Jeff Logman, Jeffrey David Logman, who went to Virginia, played for the Jets and then the Jaguars, he was really a jewel, really a precious jewel in this community. Man, does a lot for the community. He's an outdoorsman, a fisherman, I believe a big game. Hunter does an outdoor, an outdoor show. And uh, really nice guy. Enjoy his commentary. He breaks down film uh, really well uh, as far as uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars go. So always enjoy uh, uh, listening to Jeff Logman's commentary, former Jacksonville Jaguar football player. And they signed him early as a free agent, I think, before the season even started the first year in 95. So as I mentioned, Jeff Logman um, was uh, with the Jaguars you know, basically for a pretty good while there. And uh, let's see if I can uh, pull up his uh, career. Yeah, he was with the Jacksonville Jaguars from 1995, the first year of the Jaguars through 1998. He had the very serious injury in 1998. I believe it was a, a very bad biceps injury and thus pretty much ended his career. But, man, he's gone on to be a, a football commentator. He does an outdoor show uh, concerning fishing and, and hunting. And I think the guy's an avid eater, too. I think he likes I like, I like think he likes uh, cooking. Uh, I, think, I think he likes food, like I do. Uh, great guy and always enjoy hearing him, you know, whether he's on the radio or the, you know, the actual Jaguars network. Uh, nice guy, Jeff Logman. We're kind of spotlighting Jeff Logman because this is the 56th episode of the Teal Shirt Report podcast here in 2022. And Jeff Logman wore number 56. We'll take a look at a breakdown of, of high school football and get some reports from the BigJReport.com sports reporter Alex Nunnery coming up as the Teal Shirt Report podcast continues. Uh, stay tuned. Okay, uh, before we move into high school football, I did want to mention a couple of items um, to actually uh, talk about today. You know, I think, you know, we talked about, you know, Auburn losing to Ole Miss, Alabama losing to Tennessee, Florida losing to LSU, Florida State not being able to catch Clemson. Clemson outlasted Florida State. And another school I wanted to mention was um, Georgia Tech. Uh, Georgia Tech has actually won two games in a row. They did not play on Saturday, October the 15th. But, hey, they're a team that's been coming, been on the come. I mean, been on the move. Uh, It was um, Georgia Tech beating the Pitt Panthers 26-21 back on Saturday, October the 1st. And Georgia Tech uh, beat Duke by a field goal in overtime. Georgia Tech 23, Duke 20 in overtime back on Saturday, October the 8th. Georgia Tech was off on October the 15th. They will play a Thursday night game in Atlanta. They'll host – Georgia Tech will host the Virginia Cavaliers. 
this coming Thursday night, October the 20th. So I did want to mention Georgia Tech. Uh, Georgia Tech, by the way, man, they're coming on a little bit. Um, let's see, Georgia Tech uh, lost to Clemson to open the season, beat Western Carolina, lost to Ole Miss and UCF, uh, but beat Pitt and Duke. So uh, Georgia Tech now three and three overall. Virginia may be a tough game for them, and they've got they play at Florida State on Saturday. That'll be on Saturday, October the 29th. They also have Virginia Tech, Miami, North Carolina, and the game at Georgia on Saturday, November the 26th. That won't be a walk in the park at Sanford Stadium in Athens. Probably put that down as an L for Georgia Tech, but everybody's losing to Georgia. Georgia's about the only team, one of the only teams playing defense in uh, college football right now. Uh, we also mentioned Jeff Lagerman a little bit earlier before I get off the subject of Jeff Lagerman because we are um, we're actually featuring Jeff Lagerman this week because of the fact that he wore number 56, and this is the 56th episode of the Teal Shirt Report podcast here in 2022. I was going to take a quick, uh, brief look at um, some of the uh, stats uh, for Jeff Logman. Uh, Jeff Logman played for the Jets, played for the Jaguars, played um, six years for the New York Jets and signed as a free agent. Uh, with the uh, Jacksonville uh, Jaguars. So, um, yeah, Jeff Logman had a pretty good career, played in the league for uh, 10 years, actually, what, six years with the Jets, uh, four years from 95, 96, 97, 98 with the Jaguars. And um, let's see, I wanted to pull up Logs, uh, Jeff Logman's uh, pets. If we could do that, we'll pull up uh, his actual NFL stats. Let's see. Okay, here are the stats. I had them up a minute ago. We'll pull them up again. Okay, so Logman had four and a half sacks in 1989. Uh, looks like four sacks in 1990 with the New York Jets in 91. Man, he had a big year in 91. He had 10 sacks in 91, had a sack in 92, 93, eight and a half sacks, um, six and a half sacks in 94, then signed with Jacksonville in 1995, three sacks in 95, four and a half sacks in 1996 when the Jaguars made it to the AFC uh, championship game. That was the second year of their existence. Logman had five sacks in 1997. And didn't have any sacks in 98. That was the year he had the biceps injury. He he played defensive end for the Jacksonville Jaguars, kind of a big end. But, you know, obviously he was a pass rusher, too, and a tackler. And those are some of the, uh, you know, some of the sacks, uh, you know, from Jeff Logman. Some of the sack stats from Jeff Logman. He played 10 years in the NFL. And really his 10th year was not a good year because that's the year he got the biceps injury. And I believe it was it was very, very early in the 1998 season. But after his 10-year NFL career, he elected to hang around Jacksonville, live in northeast Florida. Great to have him. He's, he's really just a precious, um, in a nice way I'm saying this, he's really a precious jewel 
in uh, the Jacksonville and Northeast Florida communities. He really is. Jeb Logman, War Number 56. This is the 56th episode of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. We're going to move into, um, let's see, some high school, some high school football coverage, a lot of high school football action. I want to thank, I particularly want to thank Alex Nunry and, of course, John Gaylor doing a great job keeping us up to date with the high school football games for North Florida, South Georgia, pocket of South Southeast Alabama, and also parts of Central Florida. Uh, let's pull up some of the scores. We've got Friday night high school football news and notes. Uh, University Christian battling Trinity Christian Friday night. And a big high school football game against John Gaylor and Alex Nunry covering the action for Big J Report. Uh, Trinity Christian Academy where, as you know, Raymond, the sports bureau, Raymond Bureau, as I call him, Paul Bunyan, does the, the Paul Bunyan of high school football play-by-play. Uh, Raymond Bureau uh, called the Trinity Christian Academy victory over University Christian. Uh, Trinity Christian Academy 20, University Christian 13, a final. Uh, Beachside failed to Paxson. This kind of surprised me. Beachside and their quarterback have been off to a great start, but they lost to Paxson on Friday night. And, um, you know, those were the high school football scores from uh, last Friday night. That would have been, what, um, October the 14th. Um, last Friday night, October the 14th in high school football. So again, it was Trinity Christian Academy 20, University Christian 13. Uh, Paxson, also known as PSFAS, I believe. Paxson 34, Beachside 21, a final. Beachside's playing pretty good football. Brand new school, too, in the uh, St. John's County area. Uh, Baldwin beat Westside. It was Baldwin 19, the Westside Wolverines 12, a final. Uh, Bishop Kenny Crusaders, 49. The Episcopal School of Jacksonville Eagles, 24. Uh, Columbia County Lake City Tigers, 28. Middleburg, 14, a final. Orange Park, 32. Ridgeview, 14, a final. Andrew Jackson Tigers and Riverside High School Generals hooked up. The Riverside High School Generals, formerly known as Lee High School in Jacksonville. And, um, man, it was a low-scoring game. The Andrew Jackson Tigers, six. The Riverside High School Generals, two. The Riverside High School Generals, formerly known as Lee High School. Uh, so it was the Andrew Jackson Tigers, six. And Riverside High School, formerly known as Lee High School in Jacksonville, two. Andrew Jackson, six. Riverside High School Generals, two. Those are the two oldest high schools in Jacksonville. Baker County, Florida Wildcats, 31, Yulee, 30, a final. Mandarin lost to Fleming Island. A couple of really good teams playing. It was Fleming Island, 35, Mandarin, 28, a final. Bishop Snyder uh, beat Eagles View. Bishop Snyder, local uh, Catholic school in the Jacksonville and Northeast Florida area. Bishop Snyder, 21, Eagles View, 14, a final. Interlocking from the Putnam County area, Interlocking 26, Bell 19, a final. Uh, really good team over in Gainesville. Gainesville, Buholes 45, Oak Leaf 31, a final. Alex Nunry's old high school, Bartram Trail 59, Creekside 27, a final. Uh, we're very saddened to learn of the recent passing of Larry Cole from Apopka. 
He was affectionately known as the governor of Apopka, Florida, and the Jimmy Buffett of Facebook. Sadly, Larry Cole, in his 70s, uh, passed away a little bit over a week ago. And I want to send our prayers out to Larry Cole's uh, family and many, many friends and admirers. Great guy. Had a lot of good comments on Facebook. You know, I kind of grew to have a friendship with Larry through Facebook. Um, what a nice guy. I hate to see him go. Big Florida Gator fan. Big Apopka Blue Daughters fan. And when people from Central Florida reported the Apopka score to me, I said, man, Larry Cole's got to be smiling on that orange and blue uh, cloud in the sky following Apopka and the Florida Gators, at least with Apopka because Florida lost LSU. Apopka Blue Darters 20, Lake Brantley 13 the final. The late Larry Cole's Blue Darters win on Friday night, October the 14th. Fletcher Senators 26, Inglewood Rams um, 14. Again, that was Fletcher 26, Inglewood Rams 14. A final on Friday night. Hawthorne beat Union County, Florida. Hawthorne 28, Union County, Florida 21. A final. Terry Parker Braves 32. First Coast 18. A final. Old Plank made Duval Charter walk to Plank. Old Plank 24, Duval Charter 18. A final in overtime. Uh, Fernandina Beach. The Fernandina Beach Pirates, 42. West Nassau, 14, a final. Menendez, 22. The Clay High School Blue Devils, 18, a final. Trinity Catholic, 26. Apotavita Sharks, 21, a final. Palatka, 48. Keystone Heights, uh, 30. So Keystone Heights uh, lost to Palatka. Palatka, 48. Keystone Heights, 30, a final. Uh, Ford White, 21, Dixie County, 13, a final. Hilliard Flashes, 38, Hamilton County, Florida, nothing. Uh, some scores over in or up in, um, let's see, South Georgia. Uh, some scores in South Georgia. Colquitt County, Georgia, 49. Camden County, Georgia Wildcats, 21. Charlton County, where all the Baileys played. Champ Bailey and his brother uh, played at Charlton County. They won also. Uh, Charlton County, Georgia, 48. Atkinson County, 14, a final. Uh, Vidalia, 46. Brantley County, nothing, a final up in Georgia. Ware County, Georgia, 48. Bradwell Institute, nothing. Glen Academy, 46. Uh, Grovetown, 13, a final. Uh, Carver up near Columbus. Carver, 30. Crisp County, 20, a final. Um, Thomasville, 56. Columbus, Georgia, 6, a final. Sly County, where Coach Jim McFather used to coach after he coached at Randolph Clay. He coached uh, for, I believe, a few years at Sly County. He's retired now, but Sly County, 47. Taylor County, 13, a final. Uh, Pacelli, 40. Strong Rock Christian, 14. Again, that was Pacelli, 40. Strong Rock Christian, 14, a final. Dodge County, Georgia, 35. Sumter County Rams, 14, a final. Bainbridge, 42. Shaw, 6, a final. Miller County, 14. The Randolph-Clay Red Devils, who I did play-by-play for for probably well over 10, almost 15 years. Uh, Miller County defeated Randolph-Clay. Miller County, 14. Randolph-Clay Red Devils, nothing, a final on Friday night, October the 14th. Over in Alabama, 
Yufala, Alabama, the Tigers, I believe they've only got one loss on the entire season. Yufala won on Friday night, October the 14th. The Yufala, Alabama Tigers 35 and Rehoboth 28 a final. Russell County 48, Park Crossing 22 a final on Friday night, October the 14th of 2022 as well. And in our Facebook group, uh, there was a nice crowd photo taken by Big J Report sports reporter Alex Nunnery. Speaking of Alex Nunnery, he's got some high school football reports out there for us over the last uh, week or two. We're going to check in uh, with the one and the only Alex Nunnery. Alex Nunnery's everywhere. I'm BigJReport.com sports reporter. He's also a producer of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Here now on high school football, high school football reports. Here now is Alex Nunnery. Alex, ladies and gentlemen, good evening and welcome to another exciting edition of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. My name is Alex Nunnery. I am a sports reporter for. The Teal Shirt Report podcast and BigJReport.com. It's another gorgeous evening for Florida high school football. Here on this picturesque night of Friday, October 7th. As ladies and gentlemen, tonight we are on a beautiful campus of Bartram Trail High School Bears Stadium for a terrific football game between the Bears and the Flaming Island Golden Eagles. The Golden Eagles, their head football coach is Mr. Damian Springs, a very good friend of mine. Their athletic director is Mr. Travis Cunningham, also a very good friend of mine. He is assisted by Gio Portablanco, Anton Anderson, and Ian Silverman, and many, many other terrific coaches for the Flaming Island Golden Eagles. The Bears from Bartram Trail High School come into tonight's game at 5-0. 5-0. The Bears. They're coached by Daryl Sutherland in his 23rd season. The athletic director is Ben Wendell. Sutherland assisted by Josh Bradovich. Paul Belsett, Mark Nato, Chad Parker, and many, many other coaches. The stars for the Golden Eagles. You have Sam Singleton. You have Sebastian Bratton. Braden Cunningham. You also have Brandon Cook. 
Abram Wright and Chase Edwards and TJ Lawrence. The stars for the Bears. You have Sharif Denton, a Florida commit. Lathan Biddle, one of the best running backs in the country. You have Riley Trujillo, one of the best quarterbacks in the country. And Liam Patron. We also have Zeke Cromwell as well. The alumni from Flaming Island going Flaming Island High School is Gio. Is Ian Silverman. He's the most noble alumni. Most noble alumni from Bartram Trail High School. You have Connor Maribel, Kyle Parker, Xavier Brewer, Nathan Peterman, and many, many other greats. Bears alumni. Liam Patron with a 29-yard field goal. It was good. Three to nothing. Bartram Trail leads it. 17 seconds left in this first half. At, at the end of the first half here at Bartram Trail High School, three to nothing. The Bears lead over Fleming Island. Brady Hutchinson with the sack for the Bears. We're at the mandatory water break. 4.37 left in this. Third quarter. Three to nothing. Barton Trail leads. Fleming Island. Touchdown. Bears. Number three. Jeff. Brimman into the end zone. It's 10 to nothing. Bartram Trail after a perfect extra point by Leon Padron. 46.5 seconds remaining in this third quarter. It's 10 to nothing. Bears. Lathan Biddle into the end zone. Yeah, Patrell. 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 His extra point is terrific. Your score with 6.18 remaining in this fourth quarter. The Bears. 17 and the Golden Eagles nothing for the Bears their next game will be at Creekside for the Golden Eagles their next game will be at Mandarin next week the Bears next home game Friday October 
October 21st as the Buholtz Bobcats come to Bartram Trail. Here's Bridges. Sacks. Sebastian back the punt formation is number 13. This is Khan Jumani. Khan Jumani is the Flaming Island punter. He's a junior for the Golden Eagles. Jumani. A beautiful punt by Khan Jumani. Really good backsmith on that punt. So Jumani gets away a, a nice punt. So the Bears will take over. Ball's going to be spotted at their own 20-yard line. First down, Bears. Make that. Just a quick reminder, folks. 54-yard punt uh, for Exit Khan. the stadium. Do you please make sure you pick up the trash around you. And 54 yards. And First down, Bartram out of that 20-yard line. clean up this facility before we're on the Eagles. No score. That's the ball game, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for being with us this evening. Living Island. Zero. He brought the Trail Bears. 17. Once again, the Bears, 17. Fleming Island, nothing. That noise in the background. The spirit of fortune. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening and welcome to another exciting edition of the Teal Shirt Report Podcast. My name is Alex Nunnery. I'm the sports reporter for the Teal Shirt Report Podcast, a part of a BigJReport.com production. Ladies and gentlemen, it's a picturesque, perfect day for football. Here in beautiful St. John's County. As ladies and gentlemen, we are here at Beachside High School, home of the Beachside Barracudas. The Barracudas, ladies and gentlemen, 4 and 2 on the season. Their opponent tonight is the Paxson. Golden Eagles. Paxson, located here in the Jacksonville area as well. Paxson, one and five on the season. Beachside, ladies and gentlemen, a brand new high school. Their head coach, Mr. Pete Duffy. Their principal is Greg Bergascomo. And their athletic director is Miss Jen Harmon. The principal of Paxson, Miss Royce Turner, and the head football coach and athletic director is Coach Steve Brown. Antoine Pons and Rob and Ron Sellers and Toby Frazier are the most noble alumni from Paxson School of Advanced Studies. Amari uh, Burke as well, ladies and gentlemen. 
Jacoby Marshall. Jonathan Jack Jack Rentrope and Josiah Seagulls are the stars for the Paxson Golden Eagles. The stars for the Beachside Barracuda. Yeah, Brick Alcida. Bryce G. Cohen E.B. Cohen, BB. Will Dudley. Ben Davenport. Are the Stars for the Barracuda. My good friend, Mr. Bo McDougal, is the athletic trainer for the Golden Eagles of Paxson. Paxson, founded in the 1950s. And the head coach of the goal of the Barracuda. Over 200 wins. All of those, except for four of them. Ladies and gentlemen, came from California. Los Angeles is where Coach Duffy is from. That's Coach Pete Duffy. His son, AJ. A freshman quarterback for the Florida State Seminoles. Coach Duffy from Los Angeles, California. Ben Davenport, Cohen, BB, Will Dudley. And Eddie Craig are the captains for the Beachside Barracuda. Touchdown, Golden Eagles. Josh Bell with the touchdown, Paxson. Five yard touchdown catch from Jonathan Rentrope, Jr. Seven to nothing. Paxson leads it. 8.05 left in this. First quarter. Cohen. BB. First down, Barracuda. First down, Barracuda is at their own 48 yard line. It's first down. First down, Barracuda. Michael Burney on the sack for the Golden Eagles. The quarterback for the Barracudas, number 12, Brick Balsita. Will Dudley. 
That's a Barracuda! First down! Dudley's brother, Ethan Dudley, plays for your Jacksonville Armada. This is time for a water break on the field. That was the beach side. Barracuda's marching man. They run that air raid offense. Beachside does. Dakota Snyder, Bo Howard are two of the assistant coaches for the Barracudas. Bo Howard played football for your Lord Gators as well at Nice High School under his father, the great Craig Howard. Well, Dudley. That's good for another beach side first down. Barracuda first down. First down, Barracudas. Ball is spotted. Inside the 15 yard line. Makai Mitchell is the running back for the Barracudas. He gained four on that play. Second down and six. Second down and six for the Barracudas. Touchdown. Barracudas. Good for Pets R Us Family Veterinary Hospital. Touchdown. Cohen. Touchdown, Kudas. Catch. That's the beach side. Fight song that you hear, ladies and gentlemen. The extra point is terrific. Beachside and Paxson both tied at seven. 440 remaining in this first quarter. Will Dudley. He looked like a baseball player on that catch. Sliding. First down, Barracudas. That's three catches for the junior. Touchdown, Barracuda! Brisky with the touchdown catch from Brick Alcita. Number 42 is extra point is terrific. John Rincho Jr. Touchdown Paxson. Touchdown Paxson. John Rincho Jr.
14 to 14. 3.30. Remaining in this second quarter. Jack Jack Marshall with the catch. First down, Paxton. Jacoby Jack Jack Marshall. Rentrope Jr. on the carry. John Rentrope Jr. is the Paxton quarterback. Craig and Ben Davenport teaming up on the stop. He's a good athletic quarterback for the Golden Eagles. He almost reminds me of my good friend Calvin Turner. John Rintrop Jr. A touchdown. Paxton Eagles. He reminds me of my good friend, Calvin Turner. Of course, if you follow football, Calvin Turner played at JU before they quit their football program. Then played for the Hawaii, University of Hawaii. One of the best slot returners I've ever seen, Calvin Turner. Rentro Jr. Definitely has the size to play slot receiver at the next level. Or quarterback for that matter. The extra point is good. 21 to 14. Paxson leads it. Once again, 21. Paxson, 21. The beach side. Barracudas. They will get the football. Nine twenty-six. Deep to receive the kickoff for the Barracudas. Number one. Left in the third quarter. And number two. Cohen Beachside, forty-nine yard line. Drew Legata recovers the onside kick for Beachside. It's first down. Beachside at the forty-nine yard line. Touchdown. Paxson. Michael Burney. With a touchdown catch for the Golden Eagles from Paxson. My good friend, Mr. Toby Frazier, would be really proud of this score for Paxson. He played basketball at Jacksonville University. He used to be the head basketball coach at Paxson as well, ladies and gentlemen. No good. Point after try was no good. Touchdown, Barracudas. Cohen. BB. Oh, and carries. Extra point is good. 27 for Paxson. 21 for Beach. Side High School Barracuda. Barracuda. 
5.06 remaining in this third quarter. End of the third quarter. Coxon, 27. The Beachside Barracudas, 21. Touchdown. Paxton. Jonathan Rentrop Jr. Once again with the Paxton touchdown Golden Eagles. Thirty-four to twenty-one. Paxson leads it. Eight thirty-one remaining. Your final from Beachside High School: the Paxson Eagles, thirty-four. The Beachside Barracudas, twenty-one. We're here with the. The star of the beachside defense, that big Eddie Craig, right? Yes, sir. How did you play tonight in your first ever traditional home game here at Beachside? Um, I played good, sir. You know, I could have improved in a lot of places. I don't be something that, that I work on next week. But, um, you know, it's just about, you know, taking this loss in, you know, thinking about what I did wrong and making sure I do what's right next time. All right. How about this atmosphere for a first year of school? How was it playing here in front of this tremendous crowd? It was great. It was really supportive. You know, even when we were down, you know, the intensity was still up in the crowd and the, fa uh, the family, the fans, you know, it's just a great atmosphere to be in. All right. Thank you. Hey, good luck, man. We're here with the beachside head coach, Pete Duffy. How did you all play tonight, coach? Um, we played pretty good, you know, at times. Uh, still made a lot of mistakes. I know, um, uh, you know, we've definitely come a long way, but, you know, tonight showed we, we, we still have a long way to go. Yes, sir. How about this atmosphere in the first traditional home game? Yeah, I thought it was great. You know, the kids were very excited. Definitely um, a different vibe and a lot of distractions today for them. So it was good to experience that, hopefully get that out of our system. Yes, sir. Hey, good luck in Crescent City. Thanks very much. Thank you. Yeah. How about that atmosphere at Beachside High School, ladies and gentlemen, last night. The Barracudas in their first ever home game at Barracuda Stadium. That was an amazing atmosphere to be at last night. I can definitely see why everyone thinks this speech side team is going to be pretty special in, in a couple of years. Of course, we want to thank Joe Joe Shingles and Jack Jack Marshall of the Pax and Golden Eagles. Last night, they had Fight Like Eli on their turf tape. 
if you're unaware of the story, our good friend Eli Troutman, he's eight years old, ladies and gentlemen, and he is battling brain cancer, but he's a fighter. And everyone in this community has Fight Like Eli to support our good friend Eli Troutman. Brick Balsita not only has the best name in football, but the beachside Barracudas quarterback has an area best 22. Yes, you heard that right. 22 touchdown passes. That's very good for six games that they have played in. Hey, thank you uh, so much, Alex Nunnery, for reporting on that uh, the beachside game. In fact, we got uh, reports. Alex was everywhere. Some reports from Alex Nunnery over the last couple of weeks of high school of the high school football season uh, throughout North Florida, South Georgia. Um, before Alex's reports, we gave you scores across North Florida, uh, South Georgia, uh, pocket of Central Florida and even southeast and south Alabama. I uh, was able to pick up a couple of other scores we're going to give you that we didn't have earlier. You can also go back in this podcast and hear more of the North Florida and South Georgia high school football scores. Uh, Real quickly, we got these scores that we didn't have earlier that we do have now. Um, The Lakeside School in Eufaula got beat by Lowndes Academy. Lowndes Academy uh, 38, the Lakeside School Chiefs in Eufaula, Alabama nothing. Again, Lowndes Academy 38, the Lakeside School nothing. It was Lowndes Academy 38, Lakeside School Chiefs nothing in southeast Alabama. Long, Alabama 35, Abbeville, Alabama 15, a final. And let's see, Maplesville beat Lochapoca. Lochapoca had been winning almost every week, but they got beat on uh, Friday night, October the 14th, Maplesville 38. And Lochapoca, Alabama 8. That was Maplesville 38, Lochapoca 8, a final in high school football on Friday night, October the 14th in the, um, the south-southeast Alabama area. So that's a complete look at high school football. We give you scores from across North Florida, South Georgia, pocket of South South Southeast Alabama. Again, we give you scores from North Florida and high school football, South Georgia, a pocket of Southeast South Alabama, as well as some scores in the Central Florida area as well. Want to thank Alex Nunnery for his fine reports. Uh, We took you back. Uh, to Alex Nunnery's reports over the last couple of weeks. Thank you so much, Alex. He was uh, reporting on the new high school in St. John's, uh, Beachside, exciting football, Beachside playing Paxson, and um, some really, really good high school football games uh, back on Friday night, October the 14th. 
want to thank you for listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast, episode show number 56, season number three. Thank you so much for listening. We cover the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, North Florida Entertainment, uh, the SEC, high school football as well. And we also check North Florida Entertainment. Before we go, let's uh, check some uh, North Florida Entertainment. That's uh, about the only area we haven't covered on this podcast. Let's do that now. Still a couple of concerts uh, coming up uh, to tell you about. We also will be updating uh, the concerts for you as well. It's been really a, a busy couple of weeks for me, but we've kept the podcast coming out to you. Uh, make sure you read BigJReport.com. It's the easiest place to access our podcast on the homepage of BigJReport.com. You can also go to the Neighbors 2 section and uh, read JC's uh, summer article when he was in Bonnaroo up in Tennessee. Some of the latest concerts in and around North Florida and surrounding areas. Um, I was at the Psychic Deli uh, show. Psychic Deli, local North Florida band. They were at Cheers um, last Friday night back on October the 14th. Man, a nice crowd over there. Uh, they played from 4 o'clock in the afternoon till about 8 o'clock p.m. at uh, Cheers uh, Craft Beer and Wine at the uh, Triangle of uh, Herschel Strait and St. John's in the Riverside area of Jacksonville, Florida. So a lot of fun at that show. Also, don't forget the Mad Max Mix Internet Radio Show Wednesday Night Music Request Show from 7 o'clock until 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time and 6 o'clock until 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time, and it can be accessed at www.madmaxmix.weebly.com. That's www.madmaxmix.weebly.com. The Mad Max Mix um, some other shows uh, to tell you about Greta Van Fleet coming to Jacksonville in October, on October the 21st of 2022 at 8 o'clock p.m. Uh, tickets on sale. If they're sold out at the arena, go online to your uh, favorite online outlet. The show is coming up in the next just about uh, three or four days from now. That'd be Greta Van Fleet coming to Jacksonville, Florida, to the arena in October on October the 21st of 2022 at 8 o'clock p.m. Tickets on sale now for Greta Van Fleet. Showtime and date uh, will be on Friday night, October the 21st at 8 o'clock p.m. at the Vice Star Veterans Memorial Arena in Jacksonville, Florida. Also, Jacksonville, Florida Band 38 Special will play at the Florida Theater here in Jacksonville, Florida on October on October the 21st of 2022 at 8 o'clock p.m. with an opening act at 8 o'clock. And then 38 Special will take the stage at 9.30 p.m. on Friday night, October the 21st of 2022 at the Florida Theater uh, here in downtown Jacksonville, Florida. want to thank all of our sponsors that sponsored the Teal Shirt Report podcast. We cover the Jacksonville Jaguars, North Florida Entertainment, other area sports such as high school football and the SEC and college football as well. want to thank LakeUfallahits.com. Great internet radio where it's all good. LakeUfallahits.com. They have Rock Saturdays, Hits 2000s, Monday through Friday evenings. Um, of course, late at night, they've got album tracks, deep cuts, and unique songs late at night. 
LakeUfallahits.com. Great internet radio where it's all good. Also want to thank um, Saucer Realty for your real estate needs in North Florida, throughout North Florida, whether it's home, residential, business, or real estate uh, needs, whether it's business or commercial real estate needs, go to our website at BigJReport.com. That's BigJReport.com. Go to the homepage right in the middle of our North Florida, our 24-7 North Florida weather report. Uh, you'll get the, the link to click on Saucer Realty. That's Saucer Realty and Capital. Um, they're located in North Florida. They do real estate deals in Lake City, Live Oak, Gainesville, Jacksonville, all areas in between. That is Saucer Realty and Capital. Also, elegant uh, time travel. If you're looking to go to the Hall of Fame next year, they're going to have a trip in June. Uh, coming up next year, uh, Mr. D.D. McDermott putting that trip on. And if you'd like to go to the Hall of Fame, elegant time travel and dark diamond entertainment presents going to the hall. Uh, the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio on June the 8th through June the 12th of 2023. Hey, sports fans, come along with us to a sacred area for sports fans, the Pro Football Hall of Fame, the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio. Again, check this out. Elegant time travel and dark diamond entertainment presents going to the hall, the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio on June the 8th through June the 12th of 2023. Hey, sports fans, come along with us to a sacred area for sports fans, the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio. Uh, book your trip by contacting D.D. McDermott by phone at 904-442-3810. That is 904-442-3810. Or email D.D. McDermott as I have at McDermott 32218 at yahoo.com. That's D-A-W-N-M-C-D-E-R-M-O-T-T 32218 at yahoo.com. Uh, look forward to seeing you at the Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio. And if you'd like to book your trip, if you have any questions, contact D.D. McDermott by phone at 904-442-3810. 904-442-3810. That's going to do it for this edition of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. We talk Jacksonville Jaguars football, North Florida Entertainment, and other area sports as well, such as high school football. Uh, the SEC, and again, other area sports as well. That's a look at the Teal Shirt Report podcast. This has been episode show number 56, season number three. want to thank our producers, um, Alex Nunnery, and also JC, our executive producer of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Thank you for listening. Hey, we'll be back again real soon. Tough loss for the Jaguars uh, on their sixth game of the year. Jaguars lose on Sunday, October the 16th. Man, tough day. Really bad game for the Jaguars defense. They lose the game. Trevor Lawrence had a decent day, 20 of 22, and a touchdown pass. But Matt Ryan was a bit better, and the Jaguars defense was, how should we say it? Man, they had a rough day. The defense could not stop it's hard for me to say this. The Jaguars' defense could not stop the Indianapolis Colts' offense, 
and quarterback Matt Ryan, who put the ball in the air 58 times. He was like 42 for 58. Three touchdown passes, no interceptions, and the Jaguars' pass rush could not get an official sack on him at all. No sacks officially for the Jaguars' defense on Sunday, October the 16th. Again, the final score, the Indianapolis Colts 34, the Jacksonville Jaguars 27 on Sunday afternoon, October the 16th. That's going to do it for this episode of the Teal Shirt Report podcast, episode show number 56, season number three. You have a great day. I'm your host, Scott. And we'll be back again real soon, whether you're tuning in in a few minutes or a few hours down the line. We'll have a new episode up real soon. This has been episode show number 56 of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. And again, thank you for listening. My name is Scott. I'm out. Have a great day. We'll be back again real soon.